Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast that stands in the crystal maze dome of cinema, ready to grab for movie glory, waiting for Richard O'Brien to bellow, Will you start the fans, please? <laughs> I'm Robin here with Simon and James. How are you, boys? <laughs> You've been watching Challenge TV, Rob. <laughs> I haven't. You went with the nineties just... host, not the not Richard Ayoade, who is the new host of Crystal. Mansion. No, I'm going. I'm, we're going full original here. We're going full original. Uh, how are you? It's been ages and ages since I've seen you, boys. Good, good. Surviving another summer. The, <laughs> Solidarity. Get the, yeah, get the brats back to school, and we'll all be good. <laughs> and uh, say you've just come back from holiday was it like yesterday or two days ago or something yeah a couple of days ago i've been um sunning it in italy and it was jolly nice spent a lot of money though <laughs> <laughs> got back and my bank balance has been rinsed but um yeah it was it was great it was very good didn't get tan though i don't i don't really tan with my irish white skin <laughs> <laughs> i think james you go very brown don't you uh, I, I mean, we've discussed this before, uh, but I used to, but I don't go out in the sun as much now due to my being uh, in a family of day walkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, I used to, uh, I used to go a lovely mocker, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go and sit in the sun by myself, to be honest, which isn't too bad on the odd occasion. <laughs> uh, and uh, you've had a lovely holiday as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, yeah we went on ho- uh, we went for a little mini break in this country where it rained predictably, uh, but yeah we had our <laughs> summer holiday back in June, so we're all good. Delicious, delicious. Ooh, sorry, weird way to describe a holiday. Sorry about that. <laughs> I apologise for that. Uh, lovely stuff. So while while the summer has rolled on, what have you guys been watching? Well, in the spirit of half term, I went on a cinema trip with my son to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Oh, I forgot that's out. I need to go and see that. So Mutant Mayhem, so energetic and sporting a truly eye-popping animation style, the film is an irreverently funny slice of turtle power. I would argue that it has too many characters, which makes it a little chaotic for younger viewers to track, but there is so much enjoyable comedy-based action that is bound to delight turtle heads, both young (laughs) and old, (laughs) but mainly old. I mean, I liked it way more than my son did. I was like, how cool was that? When we came out, he goes, yeah, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) All these like nostalgia films, like just made for people our age, like Indiana Jones and Turtles. Yeah, yeah, the kids yeah. just do not give two shits about. Yeah. Life. Like we even went into the toy store afterwards, and it had like a whole Turtles display of all the new action figures, completely the same as how they appear in the film. And he's like, "Oh, he was quite good," pointing at Michelangelo. And I was like, "What's he called again?" He's like, "Uh, don't know." <laughs> like, oh look, there's Hot Wheels over there. He's more right. of a Mario kid, to be honest. Like he really Mario, 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 yeah. Mario. <laughs> Mario, Mario, and Pixar are his, uh, are his go-to. Mario. <laughs> can, can I jump in at this point because I, I went to the cinema with my young lad as well to watch uh, Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. ah, Mutant, brilliant! Mutant Mayhem. Um, I, 
I flipping loved it. It was um, good. Well, it is good. It's for sure. Yeah, really I, I really, really loved it. Um, and it, it shows this like huge life in this franchise, you know, still. And it, I, it, so my my boy um, had a, a more enthusiastic reaction, I think, actually, James. Uh, he, he really, really loved it to the point that um, uh, when we got home, after we'd seen the movie, uh, he wanted to watch another one, so we watched Secret of the Ooze. Um, <sighs> Superb. Vanilla Rice. Uh, he couldn't get over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the moment I said, look, look, look I, and I, I was that embarrassing dad, you know, while watching it, like, look, 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 he's about to get the beat. And when he gets the beat, phew, all bets are off. And then Did... Vanilla Rice <laughs> got the beat, <laughs> and suddenly he's like, yo! And woof, we're away. <laughs> we are at the races. Uh, so yeah, no. I, uh, sorry to go back to yeah. I thought it was fabulous. I really hope there's another one after this. Um, the humour was so so good. Is it? It's done pretty well, hasn't it? It's done well, pretty well, I'm I think. Not, so I'm pretty I'm not sure. sure they on. think it's lost quite a bit of money because none of the oh, actors no. have been able to promote it. Like, oh, or it hasn't done as well as they projected. And I'll be honest that when we went, there was six other people at the like half oh, ten screening so on like the uh, first week of half term. Same here, um, a handful of people. Um, yeah, it was weird. That's a shame. Um, it's done well critically, at least I think. Yes. But um, is, who who made it? Is it a is it a Sony or it's is, Seth Rogen's who? company have made it and he co-wrote it. Mm. But who's who's the who anim, who did the animation? I imagine it, I imagine it's Sony. Um, yeah. He does a lot of work with Sony, but it's actually his production house who's put the project together. Wow, amazing! Yeah, I knew Seth Rogen had a big involvement in it, but it's just because that animation style is like really—it's it's quite Spider Verse, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, not. It's a step down from that, I would say. But like, it's—it's it's good. It works. I would just all I would say about it is that there are. I mean, when they say mutant mayhem, they mean it. There's like a dozen <laughs> characters that you need to try and keep track. of. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. It is. On the animation style, I thought it was like, um, it was a bit like looking at, they'd looked at uh, Spider-Man, those Spider-Man animated movies and gone, well, that is just like such a massive benchmark. We need to try and do our own thing here. Yeah. But we don't have the same um for budget or whatever. Yeah. and I I really loved the touches because it, it was proper sketchbook. It felt like a sketchbook that someone had watercolored and it popped to life. It was it it was definitely in that. And it took me it took me about a minute and a half of the of the start of the film to go like, what am I seeing here? And then I got I vibed with it and I was all right. Yeah. But it is it is a real like. I mean, I just think we're dead lucky, aren't we, that we've got movies that look like this and the Spider-Man movies. And, and like, now I was looking at, you know, I, I know the, you know, it wasn't reviewed that great, but the Super Mario Brothers movie, um, <laughs> the animation in it was absolutely next level. Like, yes. so we are so lucky with, with the way these things look these days. Absolutely. Yeah, I think anim- animation in particular is in a real golden era, I think. It's just, mm. what, like, all, all, like this and... The Spider-Man thing, as we said, and like Mitchell, Mitchell's versus Machines was amazing. Oh as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Pixar stuff is like going off and doing sort of creative stuff with how they're doing animation now. Like it's not just yeah that traditional CD, you know, three D animation. There's a bit of a bit more artistry thrown in the Pixar stuff. 
She's really great yeah. at the minute when it comes to animation. Yeah, I need to see it. I, I need to uh, see if it's still on. Oh, man, you'd love it. You'd love it. Is it as good as when Leonardo and Raphael have a fight in the rain, though? Cause, oh, it's, you know. I mean, that one's terrible. You two, Shut up, James. Honestly. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, like, that is, this is, it's mad. So when I type in Turtles, so I typed in Turtles movies on the, you know, on, like, Just Watch and on IMDb. TMNT does not feature anyone. No, of course it doesn't. It's, it's absolutely dead. You know? <laughs> I've got, good job I've got it on Blu-ray, man. Uh... <laughs> Same here. Same Criterion here, Collection, <laughs> TMNT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, I mean, seriously, though, for, for, for guys who did enjoy TMNT, this is like night and day it's quality. a bit of a step up i would say yeah it certainly looks i think you're being very mild a visual there, step up with nothing else <laughs> yeah that's really cool that's kind um, really sorry james what else it. what else did you watch yeah so uh something a little bit more uh grown up so i went to see talk <laughs> to me have you guys heard of this movie is this a ho- the yeah, horror? One? Is it, yes. a horror one? Is it again? So it's a yes. cla- so it's uh, basically some teenagers find an embalmed hand with all sorts of crazy writing all over it, and if you shake hands with it, you can talk to the other side. Right. Oh my so, god! So you know, it's you a cla- went to the movies to watch this? <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah. So it's a Jeez. classic cursed horror MacGuffin <laughs> movie with more. Uh, can, uh, can I do my review, please? Sorry. <laughs> So it's a it's a classic cursed horror MacGuffin movie with more on its mind than just scares. Though it is really creepy, um, it uses well trodden fuck around and find out setup to delve into. <laughs> Sorry, the... that... <laughs> Stick that in total film. Yeah, I mean that is the setup for the movie. It's like, well, if you're going to do this, it's, it's going to end in tears, basically. So you know, you probably shouldn't. But teenagers are going to be teenagers, I suppose. So it uses this setup to uh, delve into themes of addictive behaviour, all-encompassing grief, and social media clout chasing. Yet remains oh, nice. entertaining despite the potentially heavy subject matter. As a horror movie, it absolutely rips displaying a, a surprisingly funny streak along with some chilling set pieces to offset its explorations of trauma and loss. Um, it's a great time at the movies that establishes the Philippou siblings uh, and stars Sophie Wilde as talents to keep an, a close eye on. Uh, the best horror movie I've seen all year. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, seriously? Uh, yeah. is, it, is it those dudes, the Raka Raka guys? It's, they established themselves on YouTube making shorts yeah, to begin yeah. with, yeah. And it's an Australian film. I think A24 are distributing it. Yeah. Uh, but it was an uh, Australian production with all Australian cast. And, it's a really, yeah. really good news story as well, then. Yeah, oh, fantastic, you know, yeah. You and guys who started making movies on YouTube and then, YouTube, you know, like, yeah. boom, here we are. Absolutely, yeah. And they're, they're really talented from... From if this is anything to go by, and yeah, it's a really good movie. I would highly recommend. Yeah, nice. it sounds sounds great. I've 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 sort of seen posters of it and stuff, but I didn't really know what it was about or anything like that. But no, it sounds good. Not too good. scary. It's more just unsettling and creepy than anything. It's not like those Blumhouse ones from like in the early two thousand and tens where it's just like quiet, 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 bang. It's more. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got more in common with, say, something like The Babadook or Hereditary than those types of movies. It's not a jump scare fest. Cool. No, that's good, because I, I love cool. The Babadook for that. Like, you see 
obviously it did really well in terms of critics and stuff and a lot of people raved about it but a lot of people moan about the Babadook you know you see it on Reddit and they are the forever like post going like uh, what is a film that everyone loved but you really hated and then everyone's like the Babadook and it, a lot of people don't like that film it's because but it got stuck with that elevated horror tag isn't it which is a bullshit tag and that's got nothing to do with the filmmakers or the film itself yeah. I think it's just people like oh it thinks it's smarter than it is no it's just that director's take on a horror movie and yeah. when somebody else great in the film, media that. in the media went oh this is elevated horror it's like no it's just a, <laughs> just a horror film yeah but no, I, I, I I've love never heard that and, expression and before you never heard that I, expression me before too. No. never never I just I just yeah, know. Get yeah, Out like... and The Babadook got labelled as elevated yeah. horror and hereditary as well. Yeah. Really? Ari, Aster, Ari Aster's yeah. stuff kind of kicked it off really with that elevated horror thing and then other films got caught in the sort of whirlwind of it all. Right. Because... And it's just horror but maybe a, maybe more, it's not as much about gruesomeness or as commercial yeah. as some other horror ideas, that's all it needs, it's just... yeah. Something like, twats say so, to make themselves seem self-important. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound that way because, like, it because uh, there's so much stuff that I could think is elevated horror in that sense. You know, like something that that, that, that isn't necessarily just splat and gore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's a know. nonsense term. It's an absolute. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to go near like, that. Like, say, there's there's a lot of horror films have been doing it for years. Like, say, Candyman yeah. is is one. Like, you watch that original Candyman. And it's like, that's not really that scary. It's really creepy. And then what it's kind of, what it's a really about, because when you're a kid and you watch it, you kind of miss the subtext of it. Yeah, and then yeah. when you watch it now, you're like, yeah. holy shit, this is a really clever, smart movie that's like really well, deep. Well, this is about the and... gentrification of urban areas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, this, this horror feels elevated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, no, yeah, balls to that term. It's just a horror film. <laughs> that that feeling when you're watching a horror film and you're like, "Is this good?" Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that all the time, but I but I like that genre anyway. So I I just think it's really dismissive of other films that are just there to be sort of crowd pleasing. Mm. That, that that they can't be they're seen as lesser and yeah. horror directors that wouldn't go in for that. That's why I was really trying to avoid that. Um, uh, that term while I was uh, while I was reviewing. No, it's it, good because I've, I've learned bullshit, a lot yeah. there, which yeah. I enjoyed. Thank you. Educational, um, Rob. So educational podcast. It's, it's, Educa- what's, well, what's, what's, look. Speaking of which, like just behind me, so I'm sat on an orange sofa. It looks like a great big orange butt behind me on the sofa. Yeah. You see that? No, it's just off my camera. I, need I can to, see uh, it. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so great yeah, big orange it. butt. <laughs> Huge butt. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> and, from Sorry, eleva- and from elevated horror to uh, <laughs> butt butt jokes, uh, <laughs> to Donald Trump bending over in Rob's house. <laughs> Trump's butt, it is. Before I went on my holiday, I managed to um, tick off the two big summer releases in in Barbie and Oppenheimer, both predictably mm. excellent. Like loved them both. Just oh yeah, really, I saw really Barbie good. as well. It was good. Yeah, but Barbie was just. Really, really good. Um, really funny. And then Oppenheimer is just, just insanely good. It's just like next level brilliance from Nolan. I need to watch it again, though, because the cinema was full of absolute douchebags. Um, walking into the film, the like, first half an hour was just people coming into the screen, which was just like really, really irritating. 
Um, but no, um, um, I also uh, watched yesterday because um, I, I, I was wanting to watch all the Mission Impossible films before finally going to watch Dead Reckoning. Um, but um, no, I was a bit soul crushed by Dead Reckoning. I have oh, to say. get out! Sorry to report. No, no, no. I just was like watching it, going like, I've seen all this before. <laughs> right. Tom Cruise risked his life for that. Well, well he jumped off a cliff on a motorbike. <laughs> I, I do have to say, um, I, it was the the ending was quite ruined for me because I did. Uh, I think I mentioned on the last record, I did work on um, one of the behind-the-scenes stunt videos for Mission Impossible mm. for this dead reckoning. So I'd seen it all. <laughs> so I'd, yeah. I'd seen the bike jump and seen the train thing and um, really impressive. Like, in, yeah. you know, Hayley Atwell is actually climbing around a fucking locomotive and things like that, which is just insane. Um, and all that stuff is obviously brilliant, but... I was watching the film and I was just going, I just feel like I'm going through all this exposition just to see Tom Cruise do a stunt. And the others don't feel like that. And I was just a bit, uh, I was a bit, it's not bad. It's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying on in terms of, in comparison to the other Mission Impossible films, which are among my favourite action movies, this one just was just a bit, uh, a, yeah, bit it, a bit disappointing for me. It's definitely a step down from the previous two. I really, we really enjoyed it when we uh, when we went to see it. But I, I get what you're saying. I think, I think the story got away from them a little bit, and I think it's almost got a little bit of the Fast and the Furiouses about it in terms of the cast is getting so big now, and there's so many returning characters from previous installments, and you're like, who's mm. that again? Sorry, what are they doing here? We're going to have to start killing some of these people. <laughs> still, still no, still no Jeremy Renner though. Jeremy Renner just disappeared out of that franchise with no explanation whatsoever. It's um, sulking. Yeah, um, <laughs> sulky Renner. But, this is I, supposed to be mine. Again, again, probably would <laughs> would probably see see it again. But at the minute, it's only ahead of Mission Impossible Two on my rankings of the Mission. Right, Impossible. get out, get out, no. Uh, but um. Anyway, but but um, it's the thing... third bottom on mine. I, I think it's better than Ghost Protocol, but not better than the other ones. Which one's Ghost Protocol now? The Burj Khalifa one, not because it's bad, but because it just peaks with that sequence, and then it's just it ends then, with yeah, Tom Cruise yeah. battering an old man in an in a multi-story car park. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always forget about that stupid oh, car park. That... It's a bit rubbish. That Calling thing, that though. set a multi-story car park. Is I mean, just it's a fancy multi-story car park. It is, but it yeah, is a yeah, multi-story yeah. car park. It's, you're and right, he is you're battering right, an out-of-shape old man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the thing that's really been sort of dominating my attention um, has been the bear uh, on Disney Plus oh, over at FX yes. in, in America. Just really late to this party, but fucking hell, it's brilliant. It's so good. Um, it's really like in that in that world of um, everything's really chaotic and shouty, and everyone's talking over each other all at once, and it's just all a bit sort of full on and mad. But it's just so well shot and really beautiful, and they make Chicago look like this incredible sort of food capital of the world, and it's really well written. Like it, all the characters are also well rounded. Like the um, as much as a arsehole as they are a nice person you know it's not then it's not just a binary here's a bad guy here's a good guy here's the you know it's all very it's all very it's all very real world um stuff and it's brilliant it's really really good um yeah. 
I love yeah, season one. Uh, we're going to start season two uh, this week, I think. But uh, I foolishly, I decided to watch Hijack on Apple TV Plus instead, which was just basically EastEnders meets Air Force One. Idris, <laughs> is that is that the is that the the real time Idris Elba? Um... Yeah. I, I mean, it was fine. It was pretty watchable, but I was just like, if this had been like a two-hour movie, this would have absolutely ripped. But like, because yeah. it's got to be in real time and spread out over seven hours, it's like, Jeez. it's like, what are we doing here, lads? Like, we used to make three of these a um, year in the nineties. Like, come on. Yeah. So, speaking of speaking of ninety-minute aeroplane films, I saw Red Eye as well the other week. Um, so funny seeing Killian Murphy just. <laughs> horribly miscast as this villain with big floppy hair um but yeah don't make films like that anymore <laughs> yeah. you definitely don't make films like that um no. but yes i'm sure every everyone has seen uh the bear but if you haven't i definitely definitely implore you to do so it's fucking brilliant it's very good what have you been watching rob <laughs> not the bear <laughs> uh, i've only heard of it recently so um i will be because that that's it, that feels like it's a bit of a water cooler. It's got a bit of a water cooler vibe to it. That, yeah. yeah, you know, it's yeah. transcending a little bit. People are talking about it. In whoa, this is a bit of a game changer in a certain way. So, mm. I would really like to see that. Um, obviously, I've mentioned uh, Ninja Turtles, um, Mutant Mayhem, and Secret of the Ooze. Um, Secret of the Ooze holds up, by the way. We really we could does. still do that on the pod. So we should say that we, however many years ago now we. Did cover the original. We did. Yeah. We did. We Ninja did. Turtles. We did. We did. Yeah. So maybe we should do the secret of that there ooze. At some I think point. we. I think we should. Um, Not TMNT from the two thousands though, because that. Oh, God damn it! All it takes uh, is one person to go to bat for it, and uh, anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> but that, I also watched uh, two um, elevated horror films. Oh right. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't know. Just using a phrase that you guys used. <laughs> um, I watched The Purge, the original Purge. Oh, with um, uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, still, I know we talked about it when we did the pur- uh, one of the Purge movies on, on the pod. The Purge and Anarchy with Frank Miller. That's the second one. The second and, um, one yeah. it, it's still supreme. Like that, that setup is just so disturbing. Um, and I actually think of The Purge, the first Purge movie is a really strong movie. Actually, and um, no wonder they got a load of sequels out of that concept as well. Uh, it's one of those golden once in a lifetime concepts that come along, and you can just you can go like you know every time you need to do a new take on it, you can just go, well, what if we did that again, but yeah. from this perspective or that perspective, or what if we did this? And uh, it it starts like the the pur- first Purge movie. It's got a hint of Home Alone about. <laughs> it's just a home invasion thriller, isn't it? It is, really? yeah. yeah. Essentially, lower, it really is. Budget, with wasn't it? sick, like sick weirdos who come in. Yeah. Um, the it's other one, I watched... four sequels and a TV show. It's mad. It is amazing that um, the other um, horror thing I watched, elevated horror thing. Sorry, was the others. Uh, you know, the Nicole Kidman movie. That would be elevated horror. I haven't yeah. seen that. Um, I haven't yeah. seen that. Did... Oh, it's, I I did a great big cry. Uh, at oh, one yeah. of the reveals in that movie, yeah, very upsetting. It, it, so the whole tone of it was supremely upsetting, and I, I'd, I'd seen it in the cinema, and then I wasn't prepared for how remembering how upsetting it was. Um, Christopher Eccleston, or the quiz team name Christopher Eccleston, <laughs> uh, appeared in it, um, <laughs> and he was brilliant. Um, 
But no, it's 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 a really good movie, really good movie, um, and so nicely made as well. Um, yeah, produced by Tom Cruise, amazingly. Oh, which is the I think the last time, thing they did together before El Divorcio. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was like a festival in Spain. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what I've been watching. Um, watched a couple of Netflix bits and bobs, but nothing that really caught my eye in terms of wanting to say or talk about it. I just like usually at night I go to bed and uh, Mrs P is watching, uh, you know, like twenty four hours in A and E or Ambulance Time. I'm sure that's not a real show, but it feels like it. <laughs> Ambulance it, It's time. just like <laughs> just people being hurt in real life, and then. I just don't know how it happens, you know, like, so if I'm injured and some geezer's there with a camera and some producer and they say, like, can we just, can we come in? I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> can we get can out. My hands get out right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. No, I've, I've got 80 broken bones. Of course I'll sign your waiver. I don't know how these things happen. I've got no idea. But also... um, God love my wife and God love everyone that enjoy this kind of stuff. But how this is entertainment, I've got absolutely no idea. Um, and if I see one more, you know, like we got called in the middle of the night and we had to go out and Doreen had fallen down the stairs again. <laughs> I just, what is going on? They're always narrated so by some depressing. like North, Northwest guy, aren't they? Like some, like Jez Quigley from Coronation They are, Street they are. Max Beasley or <laughs> Max Beasley is in hijack. He is in is hijack. He? Yes, he is. Yeah. So good. Fucking Max Beasley. Max Beasley from Manchester, if you didn't notice. Yeah, we get it, Max. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so nothing else to report, actually. Um, but I would like to take us on a, more of a... Uh, God, I didn't. I, uh, I thought you were. Now? I, I thought we weren't going to go there. I was. I was. I was. I was a bit worried then. I'm so sorry. I. I'm, I'm taking us there. Um, <laughs> but more of a more of a reflective, informative trip to Bigfoot Corner. Elevated Bigfoot Corner. Elevated Bigfoot. You guys, you both said it at the same time. This is a wavelength, boys. <laughs> Trampling uh. each other, trying to get to the same punchline. <laughs> Bigfoot corner. I'm so, so excited for this. <laughs> in elevated Bigfoot corner, um, we've got. Uh, I just wanted to shout out about. It's taken eighteen months, and I'm so excited. But we've just had a release date confirmed for exhibition Bigfoot. Exhibition, sorry, expedition. <laughs> Bigfoot. Sorry, exhibition suggests they found him, you know. You would still go to exhibition Bigfoot. <laughs> I definitely there. would. Yeah, and if it was exhibition, it would mean that they'd found him, and obviously they haven't. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Also, this is po- possibly why um, it's taken 18 months to cut this series into shape is because oh the producers on that show must be sweating bullets like how are we going to do this we've got a 10 episode order what are we 12, do? 12 12 12 episodes 12 of an I hour can't each do another three like... episodes of bushes oh <laughs> well it's back guys so don't you worry and i will be filling you in on everything oh, absolute um... snake oil salesman this one <laughs> 
Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, it, it's just, um, so it came, it's obviously like, are you guys familiar, right, with um, Bigfoot erotica? <laughs> oh yeah, it's one of my go-tos. So it is a, it is, needless to say, it is a massive market. It's not erotica. a massive market. Bigfoot on his own isn't a massive market. <laughs> I'm telling you, James. I'm telling you. Right. Is, so, is this where your career you pivots? Can... In... <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, moving out of crime writing now. I'm going into uh, it's a sexy Bigfoot. <laughs> sexy Big. Well, the, so mm. I, I obviously, I, you know, I've done my like any any one uh, any sort of. Uh, uh, what do they call them? And just, sorry, actually, they, in, in, so in the Bigfoot world, they call them researchers. So like any researcher, I've done my due diligence here. Not exclusive to the Bigfoot world. <laughs> <laughs> so, with this, right, these are Right, genuine. before you go any further, do you really want to put this out to the public who will be listening to this podcast that you've been doing your Bigfoot erotica research? <laughs> Think about... The, those words I think, put together. I think, I think anyone who knows me will have assumed this has been done already. So, um, <laughs> would you like some titles, some successful titles, please, of Bigfoot please. erotica? Go on. All right. Are these films? No, these are books. All oh, right. Um, okay. So, with an average rating of three point four out of five um, and forty six reviews. Um, Seduced by Bigfoot and ravaged by the Yeti, the secret adventures of a fertile housewife. (laughs) (laughs) Option by Lance Henriksen. Um, Old MacDonald had a Bigfoot. Oh my god. Babyish. One for the kids. Babyish, yeah. Tracked by Bigfoot, steamy monster erotica. Um, Fifty Shades of Furry. Oh my god. Seduced by Bigfoot 2, the continuation of the most erotic adventure with the most well-endowed beasts. (laughs) That sounds like something from Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Big Daddy Bigfoot, my true tale of submission under an alpha Bigfoot. Bigfoot Bang Bang. They're not very catchy, these titles. They're all a bit long, aren't they? I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, oh, sorry. Seduced by Bigfoot and ravaged by the Yeti 2. Carried away by Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot lover. <laughs> B- boned by Bigfoot. <laughs> Quite maybe. Straight to the point. Mated to Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot and the biologist sex with Bigfoot. Um, two big feet, one girl. What if this? Oh. Bride of Bigfoot. Uh, broken in by the Bigfoot oh, gang. Stop! What <laughs> God! <laughs> right. uh, these oh are all the God. most successful. He's even bigger where it counts. Paranormal Bigfoot <laughs> lesbian threesome erotic. <laughs> if anyone has to like check your laptop for something, Rob, I'd be a bit, <laughs> be a bit worried. Honestly. Uh, it's such carrying... a shame that we couldn't submit this episode for the independent podcast. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> carrying Bigfoot's baby, wild fun in the forest. Oh Billionaire Bigfoot and the busty babes. <laughs> right, but I want to finish. I mean, you can imagine, you can picture where this is going. This is a huge market. 
Right. Is but, it? So there is a book called <laughs> called Bigfoot Bait. How else would you catch Bigfoot? And obviously the, the front cover is quite suggestive. Um, I.e. you're going to use... Big titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so how much do you think a paperback of this is being sold for? Two ninety-nine. <laughs> it's either like really cheap, or it's like because it's so scarce, it's like super expensive, <gasps> like those Steve Bruce crime novels. That nobody can <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so oh, right, God. so seriously, Bigfoot bait by Lear Key. How else would you catch Bigfoot? Suggestive. Hundred and ninety-five pounds on Prime oh, for a no. paperback copy. God. They're scarce, Rob. That suggests that they're not very popular. But they're uh, well, collector's items. Just just before we finish, bested by the Bigfoot, Gonzo Bigfoot, a love story. <laughs> Bigfoot's vow. <laughs> Bigfoot's captive. Wow, Bigfoot's captive is Bigfoot and Centaur erotica. Um, <laughs> let it happen to loving a Bigfoot, living a life. Sheesh. <laughs> Shame there's not a British one called Bigfoot Bollock. <laughs> Brood maiden for Bigfoot. I don't know what that means. Uh, Bride of Bigfoot the morning after. Sheesh. <laughs> this is written. This is guys. We need to get in on this. We do. Uh, um, uh, and that, ladies and gents, <laughs> is Bigfoot Corner. <laughs> Bigfoot Corner. Imagine, come with me on this journey for a moment. Just imagine this is someone's first episode of this podcast. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Sorry, I, I keep going down the list Hilarious. to less success. Now, actually, these are really oh, successful me. ones. Uh, Bigfoot hilarious. and the BB, uh, the BBW. Right. <laughs> and then just a classic, Bigfoot's gay. <laughs> That's the name of the book, Bigfoot's gay. Oh, God. <laughs> Claimed by the Snow Beast, a fertile paranormal short. And it's got a pregnant woman on the front. That is so unsettlingly awful. <sighs> Amish Bigfoot. Amish. What's Amish Bigfoot. That's not erotica, that's just religion choice. <laughs> and this is all, right, this is a bad one. Bigfoot's new mate, reluctant creature erotica. He <laughs> doesn't want it. He doesn't want any part of this. He's ambivalent to the whole. We're out of the corner. Enough. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, we've got to stop this now. Right, okay. Oh, I've broken my Bigfoot. Ravaged by handsome Sasquatch <laughs> fireman from the Hot Cryptids with Sexy Jobs series. How did he get a job on the fire for? I'm going to say the, the front cover is absolutely sensational. I'm, I'm copying it and sending it to you immediately. Oh, right, we need to move on from this. This is just, it's got, it's got painful, I feel. Oh, so... Right, so whose pick was it? How did you come back? I don't know how oh, we come back. Whose pick was it this week? Oh, it was mine, but I, I can't. I need to dry, my, dry the tears. Have from you my got the eyes. cover? Oh, just. just... <laughs> Hot cryptids with sexy jobs. Oh, God. The 
I can't deal. I thought oh that was Mila Kunis on the on the front. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh jeez, it is. Oh. Right. Phew. <sighs> Sheesh. We need to discuss. We need to get back in the game here. Oh. Um, <laughs> how do we do it? <laughs> Whose pick is it? <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> it was you, Simon. Was speaking of <laughs> sexy bigfoots. Um, well, Ian McShane. Uh, that's a good segue. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there we go, yeah. Great segue. Um, uh, so, um, when a wannabe Evil Knievel learns of his stepfather's terminal illness, he takes it upon himself and his merry band of idiots to raise the funds needed for a heart transplant so he can finally kick his ass. Um, <laughs> let's, gra- let's grab our fake moustaches, rev those mopeds, and harness the soul of an eagle. This is... Hot Rod. Again, speaking about Bigfoot. <laughs> What's up, little riders? Jump in the public pool tomorrow. Tell your friends. That's just a sample. Good luck. Don't worry, Denise. I've done this before. So what are you supposed to be? A stuntman. Wow. My safe word will be whiskey. What do you mean whiskey? What? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it. Whoa, whiskey! Whiskey! Oh. Hey, everybody. We have a new crew member today, Denise. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said a little something about ourselves. I like to party. I like to party. No, David, I just said that I party. I like to party. No. I like to party. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, my God. Shut up. Hey, Rod, maybe you shouldn't fight Dad this week. Relax, Kev. I'm going to win this time. I did, like, 40 crunches yesterday. Get ready to meet your maker. Oh, Lord! We hadn't even started yet! I just had a great idea. One big jump, gentlemen. The biggest jump this town's ever seen. Let's party. If I'm gonna jump 15 buses, my body's gonna have to be in top physical form. Did we reinforce the takeoff ramp? No, we didn't have time. Cool. Oh! I've already drafted a rough schedule of exercises that will help us take things to the next level. Oh! Oh, No, 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 no! You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a terrible stuntman! (laughs) I'm just kidding. I can hear you. It was just really mean. From Paramount Pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a jump for the ages. The moment we've all been waiting for. He's going in circles! Andy Samberg. Who wants to see me do a big stuff? Hot Rod. All great men have mustaches. Yeah, but real men actually grow them, huh? You know I have a hormone disorder! So, Hot Rod. I mean, already from the trailer there, the music in this film is a complete <laughs> disgrace in terms of quality. <laughs> uh, but but, but what, 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 why bring Hot Rod? <laughs> why bring Hot Rod to us today? More Bigfoot stuff there. Uh, why bring Hot Rod to us today, Si? Why did I bring my Hot Rod to you today? Um, <laughs> no, I, I, 
as as I mentioned on on the on the last record when I said we'd be doing this, I I just think Andy Samberg is absolutely brilliant, and his Lonely Island um, friends are just they have this particular brand of comedy that is just a real sweet spot of absurdity and slapstick, but he's also quite wholesome as well um, and really inoffensive, and I just think. Um, it's just right, right up my street, really. This comedy—it's stupid, but also I think really smart. I think a lot of people may disagree with that. Um, but we we already covered Pop Star, so um, this film has been floated around the Pod Dojo WhatsApp group for a while. Um, so I figured it was time. We hadn't done a full-on con- comedy for a while, so uh, get get Andy Samberg back on the pod. Um, and it's only 85 minutes long, <laughs> so I just wanted to watch a nice quick one. Oh, it's been absolutely beautiful. Um, cool, cool. So, James, what's your relationship with um, with Hot Rod? So, this, I believe, would be a love film rental back in the day. So, through the post, I think the receive same for a me, DVD. Actually. Um, and, yeah, this is probably what introduced me to Sandberg and the Lonely Island crew and i was sort of drawn to it as well because it had uh bill hader in it who's obviously in uh super bad i don't know if super bad come out at that point i probably saw this after i'd seen super bad i i would have thought so yeah. when was this 2007 yeah i would have thought it was after super bad oh same year same year mm. yeah so but, so but i probably saw super bad first and then this and then this is probably the first time i saw danny mcbride in anything as well, so like the supporting yeah. cast is like just blown up into like two of the best comedy guys working in television now. In Bill Hader and, uh, and Danny McBride, who both Danny had McBride, yeah. incredible shows over the last decade on HBO. Um, and yeah, it's just um, it was my introduction to these guys because we didn't get Saturday Night Live over here, yeah, and uh. No. Particularly back then, because YouTube was not as big a thing back in 2007, believe it or not. Well, I think Sandberg was probably the only SNL one who booked that trend with his shorts. Yes. With the, with the SNL shorts, because that that's I think that's how I first saw Sandberg was, I think Dick in a Box was a year before this. Really? Um, and... Actually, I watched that because of Justin Timberlake, and I didn't know who the other guy was. <laughs> I didn't have no idea who it was, <laughs> and then um, just thought that was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And then you then realise, oh, it's this group called uh, this guy called Andy Samberg and his group, The Lonely Island. Oh, they've made loads of these YouTube videos that have appeared on Saturday Night Live, and uh, <clears throat> so so they would have translated over. The, into this country a lot better than the SNL stuff, because um, aside from the sketchy, you don't really—they are on YouTube, obviously, but yeah. we don't really pay any attention to Saturday Night Live. I don't think we always see those people from the films there and afterwards. Certainly, the case with Sandler, Adam Sandler, definitely. That yeah. people over here knew who he was from Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, mm-hmm. rather than Adam Sandler, the Saturday Night Live sketch guy. Jim Carrey as well. I would yeah. say that that's Will how we Ferrell got to know Jim well. Carrey. Will Fe- we know them from the films. We don't know yeah, them exactly, from Saturday yeah. Night Live. It's it's always always weird, wasn't it? Uh, being a British person, uh, you know, you see these bit when they used to make big comedies that come out in the summers. You see like, and it's headlined by Will Ferrell, and it's like, 
Are we supposed to know who, who that is? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. We've never seen this person before in our lives, and then it turned out to be absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, it was always quite a funny thing that in terms of American comedies, it's like this guy making his huge, making his lead actor debut. It's like, who is he? Have they just found yeah. this guy on yeah. the street? Like, we've never seen this person <laughs> before. No, it's 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 really interesting, and also quite interesting is this. This came out the year that we finished university together, didn't it? Yes, is that two thousand and seven? Yeah, yeah, Crikey. yeah, yeah. Okay, it would have yeah. been one of them. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Um, and I had no idea. Um, around that similar time, I knew I really enjoyed the Lonely Island stuff, so this would be my relationship with the film. Did not know it existed until possibly <sighs> mid mid twenty tens. Um, I had no idea about yeah, it at all. Same. And then it got like a little bit of, you know, like people talked about it. Um, people said it was rad. Um, and uh, as soon as you mentioned it, Sai, uh, it was like, oh, this is another reason why I love doing this podcast because movies like this come up that I've always wanted to check out but never had the opportunity. Have you never seen to. Hot Rod? No, this is the first, ah, first watch. Yeah. Um, had you seen it before, James? Yes, you I did, had. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll save any thoughts for further on. So, in terms of qualification, then, um, James, is it budget and box office? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that when I give you the first few words of this sentence. So, the film opened at number nine at the US box office in 2007. <laughs> oh, God. Woof. <laughs> and grossed 5.3 million in its opening weekend. Overall, it bombed in theatres. This is Wikipedia going for this. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Leaving after 68 days, grossing just under 14 million. Uh, it picked up a few hundred thousand worldwide, uh, including 163,000 here in Blighty, but I can't imagine it having much of a cinema run. No, here. I just don't all. remember. I mean, 163,000 sounds very small. Yes. So... When you think of, about a cinema release. Absolutely, and then the final total was around fourteen point three million against a budget of around twenty five million. So, wow, yeah, that's a big old bomb. It is a big old bomb. I, see, I didn't, I didn't realize that it was it had bombed so hard. But then I guess, it, of, of course, it did because, like you, Rob, I'd never heard of this. No, yeah, until yeah. years after. I don't, I because I, if it's the same year as Superbad, I definitely remember going to the cinema to watch Superbad, and. That was like Seth Rogen was like the guy, wasn't he? At yes. that point, yeah. Um, he had not so top that... and super bad in the same year. Yeah, so he it's, was it's like same the... year that into yeah, and yeah, the, the, the zeitgeist of comedy the year before as well, which yeah. was a supporting yeah. actor in. And 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 if that was the way comedy was sort of pivoting to, where it was that the Judd Apatow style real life stories that are whimsical rather than all out comedies that are just. Mm. Like this, which is just old school slapstick, really stupid humor, <laughs> really childish humor. Um, so of course, of course, it failed. Of course, it bombed at that. If if that was what you know, if people were watching super bads and forty year old virgins and knocked up, because um, yeah, Sandberg obviously wasn't a huge name as as big as Rogan back then. Mm. Uh, well, obviously things would change in that regard, but. Uh, what about the critics? I mean, we've already got qualification in the bag, but side, did the critics take to Hot Rod? Well, yeah, so I, I just sort of touched then on the, is 
his sort of standing in the world of comedy at that moment, him and Joma Tacone and, and Akiva Schaefer at that moment in time, and obviously they they were sort of a bit more old school compared to what was in the zeitgeist at the time. But I find with comedy and comedians, it's more it, it's more like a it's more like music than traditional filmmaking in that you don't really if you don't like the comedian, you're not going to like the film they're in. So yeah, yeah. Um, it you know it chance chance you know chances are you're not you're really not going to like the film. So it's almost a bit redundant having the critical fraternity in your papers writing reviews on stuff like this. I don't. It just seems a bit. I don't know what you mean. Seems a bit weird. Um, alas, they did, uh, and they were not kind with the film. Uh, it oh! currently sits. It currently sits at thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a forty three on Metacritic. Um, on the way to giving it zero stars, John Anderson of Newsday said, um, a charmless idiot, a clumsy rip-off of jackass, and one more tiresome exercise in arrested adolescence. Add them up and you have hot rod. Um, that was a, brutal. That was a view kind of shared amongst a lot of the sort of American uh, newspaper critics. Uh, Claudia, uh, Claudia Puig of USA Today said... Uh, if you're looking for plausibility, this is not your movie. If you're looking for laughs, this is also not your movie. If you like seeing delusional, overgrown adolescents fall down a lot, then this one's for you. <laughs> uh, yes, I do like that, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, <probably>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Claudia, I do. Just like. happens to be my jam. Thank you, Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, one, please. AOS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one ticket for Hat Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> AO. A.O. Scott of the New York Times accused it of being a poor man's eagle versus shark, and poor certainly describes the quality of the filmmaking, which I disagree. This I is not disagree. a badly made film. You can disagree. not find it funny, fine. Yeah. It's not a badly made film. That is absolute bullshit. No. Anyway, uh, that's enough of the bad stuff. Um, it wasn't all bad. Uh, Roger Ebert was quite positive, actually. Um, admitting... Oh, good old Ebs. Yeah. Get it, in there, it... Ebsy. Uh, he gave it three out of four, saying it's pretty funny all the way through. There we <laughs> so, go. That, um, do you and... know what? That's fine. Right. If if you're a critic, right, we don't even need to review comedies. Just go, just say whether it made you laugh or not, right? Yeah. If yeah. it made you laugh, then it's good. And if it didn't, then it, <laughs> then it wasn't good, right? Yeah. There's nothing yeah. else to review. Did it work as yeah, a exactly. comedy? The, but the, this, is what I'm saying, like, this is what I'm saying at the start of this. Like, it's so hard to, like, for a critic to review a comedy movie because yeah, it's, it's the just, most subjective of all the genres. It, completely, completely. That's that's what I'm trying to say. You know, trying to say with the music thing, where it's like you either like it or you don't. You either like the comedian or you don't. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's the case for other genres. Um, anyway, uh, who else was there? Uh, Kevin Phipps of the AV Club gave it a B minus. I, I don't know who who grades them like a paper. Uh, saying. <laughs> um, saying Hot Rod keeps a sweet tone that's filled with affection for its characters and enough laughs to become this summer's most mildly recommendable comedy. Bit of a backhanded <laughs> cover. <laughs> but still, 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 uh, still on, the, on the plus that's side. That's very funny to be fair. Yeah. It is. Um, it's like, it's like can, we have a, can we have a really positive thing, but something we absolutely can't put on a poster? <laughs> yeah. I would put that on the poster, though. Yeah, yeah I would, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms in terms of Britain, it, it kind of did all right over here. Pete Bradshaw gave it three stars, admitting it nice. was quite silly but still really funny. And um, Nick Desem, I can never say his name. Nick Desemliam, Semliam is that how you say his Nick name? Nick Desemliam, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in Empire said it was well worth checking out if you like your comedy, supremely silly. Um, he also gave it three stars. 
Um, on the aud- on the audience side, it's it's a lot better on the aggregators. It's still not amazing. Sixty four on Rotten Tomatoes, but an eighty on Metacritic. So oh yeah, and a pretty impressive three point five on Letterboxd. People nice. on Letterboxd love this movie, which is yeah a surefire hit that you've got like a cult movie on your hand, and nobody wants to be a cult. Uh, filmmaker because essentially it means your movie failed when it came out and didn't yeah, make exactly. any money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you go through Letterboxd, particularly all, I was having a look today, and particularly all the people that I follow, uh, you know, there was only a couple of lower ratings. Nearly everyone had it like four, four and a half, yeah. five. Like... I was really, really surprised. My favourite review came from someone called Jay who said, R.I.P. Stanley Kubrick, you would have loved Hot Rod. <laughs> Bold. That's a that's bold a, assumption. That's a good one. But but, but I bet yeah, Chris it, Nolan it, likes hot rod. He's really into oh, the Gruber, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, what, he, yeah. He. De- I like to keep definitely. an eye on the Lonely Island chaps. See what they're up to. <laughs> oh. I love how he likes McGruber. It's oh, the best bit of so trivia. <laughs> you know, like the fact that he might be buttering up Sandberg for a massive role in his, you know, next temple. I um, I just. Yeah, but obviously Sandberg has gone on to have a really good career, um, certainly in TV with with, yeah. with Nine Nine and then all the all the Lonely Island stuff. Yeah, and... the thing is with Sandberg, like I really like him and I enjoy his his band, his brand of humour, but he's never had like a successful film where he was the lead yeah. in terms of yeah. box office. I mean, the closest thing he's probably come to is Palm Springs, but that went straight to streaming because of the pandemic. Mm. Uh, but like pop star, which we've discussed on this show previously, failed at the box office and got slammed mm. critically. Yeah. As did this, and then he's always, whenever he, uh, a comedy that he's in has done well, it's when he's been a supporting character. But as a TV presence, he's always done incredibly well. Like he had Brooklyn mm. Nine Nine, which is one what did like nine seasons or something yeah, like really that. Long yeah, really long time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Has it has it finished, Brooklyn? I, th- I believe so. I think so, yeah. I think it finished because of they saw I mean it was coming to an end anyway, but they kind of accelerated it finishing because of all the George Floyd stuff, I think. Oh, did they, they were just like yeah, they were like we can't really make light of the police anymore and yeah. say like yeah, yeah. And, be, and sort of pretend that they're these you know, these great people. You know, it was it was there was some in that where they were just a bit uneasy with Right. Um, carrying on with the pro- I, I believe I think that was the case anyway. But yeah, wasn't he was in a Judd Apatow one, wasn't he? Was he was it the one with Paul Rudd in it? Um, Sandberg. Yeah, is it? This is forty where he plays like his gay brother. No, I love you, like, man. That is. I love you, man. Yes, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's he's in. I love. I knew he was in one I of those movie. types of movies. I love that film. Yeah, yeah. J.K. Was... Simmons is in there. Yeah. Hey, I got a best friend. <laughs> your brother Robbie. Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, <"What's> up? <laughs> and he's, he's just like a normal dude and he's cracking onto all the straight men in the gym. <laughs> really, really, really funny. But um, no, I, 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 I wish it. Um, I, I think he deserves um, definitely, certainly in terms of the box office returns, yeah. he deserves way more because he's, he's so funny. He's never had the career of like a Seth Rogen or a Paul Rudd mm. or a Steve Carell or a Feral, has he? It's like he was sort of being groomed for that. With this, with this, what would have been his breakout? But obviously, if it doesn't hit, then it's more difficult then to get those opportunities later mm. on. Obviously, they had another go with Popstar as well, and that didn't hit either. So it's uh... how, 
How old is Sam? Because he just looks, he's always looked really young. He but is. he's like in his 40s, isn't he? Yeah, he's 45, yeah. Yeah, so like. Sandberg is 45. Yeah, yeah he's, like, he's like. He's like six or seven years older than me. Yeah. I feel but like I, so good about life now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't look it. He, he certainly hasn't aged. You know, he's aged really well. Oh, but, my word. Yeah. 1978. He's. He is 45 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's really that's really mad. But he's, his him and you know their their sort of jokes and their humor is definitely in our generation. Absolutely, yeah, humor. sure. And I can see like you know if I showed this to my dad or whatever, he'd be like, "This isn't funny. Why why are you watching this?" And yeah. you you mentioned Will Ferrell, James. It's while we're on that, it was supposed to be a Will Ferrell film. wasn't Yes, it? That's you can what... see that a little bit in it as well. So. Uh, it's written by Pam Brady, who used to be a writer on South Park, and mm. um, basically they were like, the script is really good, but it's all—it's obvious, it's so obviously tailored for Will Ferrell. Is we're going to keep the story exactly the same, but we're going to rewrite the dialogue to sort of fit in with our sensibilities more, mm. because which is why they're not credited as writers on there because they didn't change anything to do with the story at all. It's just they went back and. Like sort of gave the dialogue a Lonely Island polish so that they could get away from the Will Ferrellness of it all, mm. which is a good you know it's yeah. good that they did that and they were allowed to do that and they left Pam Brady with the 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 credit. Did Pam Brady write Basketball as well? Did no, she? I don't think so. No. Or she wrote because um, she was on South Park, wasn't she? She did write. She, she did wrote write the South, South Park, Park movie with the with Tr- and she did with um, Team America Master. as well. Yeah, it's, it is interesting that they did that, but then didn't take a writer's credit as well. Is also pretty good that they didn't do that. Um, and then Will Ferrell's just got a sort of customary exec producer credit on it, on it hasn't he? Um, and apparently it's the same uh, story as uh, Dirty Work, um, the forgotten episode of FYR we should have done. Uh, oh, with that... the late, great Norm <laughs> MacDonald. <laughs> yeah. What so, is it? You remember where there was we did a poll and um, oh yes and, yes and, I and, remember and, now yeah yeah and Bob from France Ferdinand hijacked the poll and all his fans mm. hi Bob <laughs> and we was we were supposed to do it and and then, uh, Bob messaged me and was like I don't know if it'll hold up today maybe don't do that <laughs> so, so we picked another film but apparently the story is exactly the same as Dirty Work where it's um yeah uh, some stupid young idiot of a man is trying to raise money to to give his father or stepfather a health care or something like that cool uh shall we i'm just trying to think if there's any any other business here because i think we've talked about most of the stuff that i wanted to bring up like about you know lonely island and uh the main players and their cinematic histories uh but i think we've really covered that Quite a lot. Um, Do you guys have a favourite Lonely Island track? Oh God! What what I will say, I I don't I don't think. What I love is the fact that I really think they get music (laughs) because the the production is insane. The production is out of hand, and they're when they rap, they're outstanding as well. Yeah, Um, I think I think like a boss is my favourite. Like a boss is a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> promote I, synergy. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna be, I think like if I'm in my car, you Rob, know, like, I know I which want... one your favorite is. 
Which one? On a boat featuring T-Pain. That is, that's out, outrageous because, yeah, the production is insane. <laughs> the time that it came out in was insane. I'd forgotten about that, James. You're absolutely right. <laughs> the production's out of hand, um, but the humour is also out of hand. And the fact that T-Pain gets it is brilliant because I flipping love T-Pain. Um, but the, uh, can, I, can I say, No Homo, I think, is an unbelievable song. <laughs> The rapping, the, the, the bars are outstanding. In terms of production, Mother Lover, the tune of Mother Lover oh, is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely brilliant. Which is the one where it's about a old people's home that gets out of hand. <laughs> oh, I can't you know? I can't the production that. values on that are just second to none, I, you know. I, I just think that and, and you, you get it in this film as well, like, and I said it before. I do think their comedy is really clever. It's a lot smarter than people give it credit for. Yes, because you listen to the lyrics on Lowly Island songs. They're, they're like genuinely oh, hilarious yeah, yeah, lines, yeah, yeah. like on the I'm a Boat one, where he's like, "I'm, I'm wearing a nautical themed pashmina air." <laughs> <laughs> so many syllables to squeeze in as well. So funny. In pop star as well, those songs. I mean, they're just like out of this world. The Bin like, Laden song. The Bin Laden song. The Bin Laden song is outstanding. <laughs> the sadness is you can't share it with many people. You can't go like, guy, this. Hey, kids, let's check this out. Listen to this. I have had you know the one at the end. Oh. The end. Um, incredible thoughts, incredible minds. Uh, the one with Michael Bolton. Um, it's <laughs> it's just such the a banger. Captain Jack Sparrow one. No, no, because he drops f bonds everywhere. You know, do you know? And he also like, can we bleep this out? He's like, it's like, uh, oh, what does he say? Like, I just wait to get. <laughs> so no way is Captain Jack Sparrow getting um, uh, it's, <laughs> getting used. But yeah, it's, it's good songs. It's good, good songs. Such good songs, and also great love and respect for. Because, like, Michael Bolton, I know he's not popular, like, for young people. He is outstanding. I'm going <laughs> to... So, no, I'm not, I'm not... Well, we'll play games. Well, but he's, he is outstanding. Well, no, and, given uh, the, 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 <laughs> the needle drops in this film, I think it's quite obvious that the uh, Lonely Island boys have a love and respect for... Exactly, that that's it. Music, and, 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 but if he was going to get them in, like, there's no way in this movie. Like, there's four Europe tracks on I the know, soundtrack. There's no way if they thought that they were having the Mickey taken out of them that they'd agree to this. Same with Michael Bolton. He wouldn't have come back after Captain Jack Sparrow and gone like, you know what? Those guys, those guys really took the Mickey out of me, and I feel demeaned. He wouldn't do that, you but, know. But th- th- this is where, why they're so good is that they're not offensive. They're not taking the piss out of people. They yeah. just manage to get the jokes and and put bring them into the joke rather than pointing and laughing. Yeah, they're them. part of the joke. Rather which than, is yeah, which is genius comedy. Surely that's really of course well, it is, yeah. yeah, of course really it is. clever, um, well executed comedy. And they're just ah, oh, they're just brilliant. They're, I, no, they are, they are. But you're right. It's it's a rare thing where you know, like you listen to a because because their music would probably come under the bracket of comedy albums. Yes, but. I'd listen to him like normal music. Yeah, bad, <laughs> you know, like, I want to hear that right now. Thank you. You know, and then pick it on Spotify or whatever, yeah. you know. Are you guys familiar with Little Dicky? No. 
No. no. So Little Dicky is a satirical white rapper who has his own show on FX called Dave, which is about him making his way in the rap world. And he's sort of like the Lonely Island sort of walk so he could rank, run because he's like a legitimately good rapper. Right, and he right. does he's the same sort of thing as this. He did a song with Chris Brown called Freaky Friday, which... Uh, right. I, I, never, I did not know about I've this. I've never, this never heard of this. Slight though. game change going on here. I've I've just discovered this show last week and I've watched two and a half seasons of it already. It's like one of my favourite things. Little Dicky. Yeah. Wow. Standard. Because there's... There but was like, that if guy you go who... on to... Uh, so he has all the comedy, like, videos, like like the Lonely Island do, but if he goes into a rap station, he'll actually freestyle on the mic like a legit oh, rapper. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and he's he's got bars, as the kids would say. <laughs> <clears throat> Little Dicky, Lil Dicky, sorry. Um, Lil Dicky saved that money featuring Fetty Wap. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. What? What? This is going to... David Andrew Bird is his real name. Yes, Chris. and hence his sitcom is called Dave. Oh, this needs... And he's just like a nice Jewish boy from a lovely family who... And right. He just, he's needs... just really good at rapping. And the show is about him. <laughs> Dear me, so good. I love how we've not even got near the film yet after about... I know, <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry, that's that. a tangent, yeah. Anyway, it needed discussing. It the reason discussing. I would bring that up is if people are into The Lonely Island, they would probably enjoy Dave, which is streaming on um, uh, Disney Plus here in the UK. Nice! Yeah. I would definitely be all over it. Um, so this... this what I... So I, I thought... I consider this um, a companion episode, possibly, to our MacGruber episode. And um, the Popstar episode as well. And the, of course, it's and a, the Popstar episode. It's the final part that. of the trilogy, Trifecta. all done in the wrong order. Trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> and so what I love about those films is the soundtracks are unbelievably banging. So I listen to the MacGruber soundtrack all the time. All the time. <laughs> when I'm chatting about... Um, Oh, it's just unbelievable. Um, this today is now part of that. Like, I, I'm, I, so I've made a playlist today that's melded the MacGruber soundtrack with this soundtrack. So it's just pure, like, lonely. Not, uh, the Sandberg, Schaefer and Tacombe loving. Um, and it starts right from the off with the titles that... If I hear an 80s song... Right, here's a question. I know, so this is the most tangential way of starting a film review. When you... when Why is it when you're in the cinema and you hear a song, does it sound so much better than when you just hear it normally in your headphones or like on the radio or whatever? Well, it's because you're in that space, aren't you? And you're cut off from the rest of the world. Also, the sound. if you're in a decent cinema, you've got the real unbelievable sound system as well plus the images as well i think enhance yeah because there's certain the song... idea that andy sandberg in a, in a like a crap stuntman outfit is <laughs> <laughs> gonna enhance the love of these songs I, I, si, as someone who works in the business why is this it's elevated europe that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But but you get what I mean. Like you get sometimes when when you hear a song in the cinema, it, it uses part of a soundtrack. You're like, I've never heard it sound that good, and I'm all over the place with how good that was. Plus it in a different context. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's really true. it's really important getting music right in films, um, particularly mm. in comedy. I think, and recently there's this recent trend of, of and it's what people did when we made short films in uni this is what people did is they just try and show their they're like oh i've got a cool taste in music so i'm going to pick this music track that has no doesn't fit whatsoever with the thing it's just a it's just yes. a cool song there was quite a bit of that wasn't there and that's kind of happened in in like modern films particularly mm. fucking michael bay movies it's just like a non-stop music video you leave michael um, alone no, I know. I, I fucking loved Ambulance. One of the best films of the last few years. Um, but it's just this weird trend where people are just like... And, and you get the same songs cropping up all the time. Yeah. You don't get that here. You get a lovely set of 80s bangers that they've been really careful to not pick the same songs from Rocky or things oh, like that. Yeah. They've, gone, they've gone in the same sort of ballpark, but they've gone, we need to make sure they're not those songs that have been used before we have to pick like a bit more obscure ones yeah. like hey guys, have you, ever guy, you guys ever heard of europe <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like I mean... yeah obviously we've heard these songs before but like not in then you know you wouldn't watch the film and go oh that was the song from rocky four when he yeah. does his month because bear in mind this film is not set in the 80s at all it's, no, it's a no. contemporary <laughs> film it's set in the 2000s <laughs> I, I love this move the boldness of this move is incredible but it has no contemporary music in it whatsoever it's all no, it's just brilliant <laughs> but it that. adds to the comedy though doesn't it it makes it funny because I, I had goosebumps a lot watching this a lot of it was the music yeah and and yeah, like like we've said, this comedy is very much aimed at our generation, who were oh, like, born sure. in the eighties. You know, 100%. would have listened to that music 100%. in the house with our parents or whatever. So it's just it's just pandering to idiots like us, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> just, basically, yeah. But it yeah. is smart because what they've done is they've selected songs whereby you go, oh, that's kind of cheesy and lame, but it's also a bit of a banger as well, and I would have that one in <laughs> yeah. the car. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, we 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 start with this. Uh, we need we need to go in the film. We start yeah. with um, it, it's the setup to a stunt to introduce Rod. Um, it's so good. And he's, he he puts on his fake moustache and they've got the ramp. And I love that line when um, so you've got uh, Andy Samberg is Rod and he's got um, Joe Matacone is, is Kevin is is sort of half is his half brother, isn't he? And then Bill Hader and Danny McBride are his two like friends who sort of make up this foursome, who are just a brilliant. I mean, them two are just incredible in this film. They really Bill are. Hader yeah. and Danny McBride, um, and and they're there. You know, clearly a bunch of wasters. <laughs> and and he's they're filming it, and he goes like, "Did you did you did you reinforce the rep?" And he's like, "No, we didn't have time." And he's like, "How did you not have time? <laughs> You're doing <laughs> nothing <obviously>. else. <laughs> You're doing absolutely nothing." <laughs> uh, and then. <laughs> And yeah, this is the uh, you just get this setup of like he's a stuntman, but he's a really shit. One. <laughs> and and I, I was surprised with the like jackass comparisons because it's like uh, yeah, it's a bit fucking lazy to just go. It's a rip off of jackass. Well, I, did, I didn't think I don't that think once. It is. I didn't, I didn't, think, I didn't, I didn't think that at all. No, I thought it was close to something like dodgeball. You know, because in terms of yeah. people getting injured, 
in hilariously cartoonish ways is very funny, which is what Dodgeball is 50% of that film is based on people get, taking balls to the knackers and sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's like Jackass didn't invent physical humour, do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, so 40% of Hot Rod is Rod getting injured, doing stunts. 40% is montages with banging tunes. Right? <laughs> and the other 20% is him trying to have fights with Ian McShane. <laughs> that is literally it. Good ratio. Yeah. That's a good ratio. Good ratio. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not displeased. Yeah, it's closer to something like dodgeball or or old school or something like that. With regards to, it's just not. It's just a lazy comparison. Oh, what? So he's a stuntman, so it must be jackass. It's like jackass. They're actually hurting themselves. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not right, a narrative. A really film. lazy comparison, isn't it? Yeah, I, that's what I. When I was reading the reviews, quite a lot of them made that comparison in a negative way. And it's just like, I'm, I'm, that's just, yeah, really lazy. It's like, have you seen Jackass? It's nothing like this. Just because it's physical humour, you just kind of, you're taking the, the, the barest of, of similarities and then saying it's, it's ripping on. It's like, no, it isn't. The physical slapstick humour has been around since the dawn of film. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's always been there. So to turn around and say that, I just, I just think it's, it's hard to sort of, pay any attention to those i think this is a good example where as i said at the top of this critic reviews are kind of redundant on a film like this there's just no real point of them wasting ink on the paper to write a review on it because you you you, you write for the new yorker you're not going to like it of course you're not going to like it it's just not your it's not your bag (laughs) um so to make lazy comparisons like that i just think it's a bit yeah it's a bit like "Mm, do better yeah f Red circle around that. Please <laughs> see me after Again, class. do agree. Do agree. Do agree. So Jackass, uh, by that measure, is just a reinvention of uh, Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton. Then is that is that what we're saying? No, no, no that's not what we're <laughs> saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. They all they'll all bloody toss themselves off over Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> um, what they were doing was hitting each other on the head with fright. I mean, there's a bit did, more to it than that, but. Fair. <laughs> Did they did they roll off a hill for ten minutes? I don't think they did. No. <laughs> did Buster um, Keaton ever shove a toy car up his arse and then go for an extra? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I, I think this opening sequence is just a just brilliant credit sequence. The music's great. The freeze frames yeah. are great, and it just Too sets much. up. It just sets it up like perfectly. Like they're in this little suburb. Um, just these bunch of losers. Well, I don't, I don't like saying losers, but they are. They are they're, losers. Yeah, they're just this bunch of like <laughs> just doing nothing with their days. Apart from De- Dave, does have a job, doesn't he? Uh, at the ice rink and the pool, he's got loads of jobs. Dave has, um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's just a it's a great opening, and then. I, I just don't think the jokes stop. I think you just get a steady yeah. stream of jokes for 85 minutes. Yeah, I don't think this I is agree. the sort of film we need to go through, like, sort of beat by no, beat. No, we don't. Because, we don't, we don't. as I say, it has a clear formula. Like, there must be five montages in this in this movie. Yeah, so like, good. It puts Sylvester Stallone to shame, doesn't it, really, in terms of the <laughs> amount of montages that are used throughout this film. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but it's um, it's only objective is to be amusing as often as possible and 
that's it. So then we go into a scene where he tries to have a fight with his stepdad. He never acknowledges <laughs> the fact that that Kevin, his stepbrother, is the biological son of his stepfather who's trying to fight at all times. So he respects him. <laughs> There's no idea where he's just like it's like you'd never get it because he loves you automatically, but with me, I have to earn his love by fighting him. <laughs> and that obviously so juvenile. Ian, Ian McShane just like brilliant. Like kudos to him and Sissy Spacek as well. Like them two being in yeah, this film they were so as good the, as the mum and dad. Good sports and Ian McShane's really funny in it as well. Do you reckon Sissy Spacek when she's in these like later film roles where she's like making goofy comedies and stuff like that? It's just like oh, I used to make movies with like Terence Malick and, <laughs> and Brian De Palma, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm trying to console this man-child who wants to beat up my new husband. <laughs> Again, this is another exercise in. Um... <laughs> In how invested, like the movie lives and dies on how invested these actors are into it and yeah. how much they give to it. And they're all in. Oh, oh yeah. No one's, no one's looking about. They're all yeah. in, which makes it work. I love what a massive star Ian McShane is in the uh, in the States, considering that he was just loved yeah. by the antiques dealer here in, in the UK. And then he, he got Deadwood and then became like this hard man. Is is it because of Deadwood why he's so big over there? Is yeah, that the, absolutely. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen. I've never seen Deadwood. I've I've heard it's very good. Yeah, he does a lot of swearing in that. Woof, swears like a sailor. Is it not like written <laughs> written as a poem or something like that? Isn't the no no? It's it's the foulest language you've ever heard in your life. No, but which is isn't it something like the really? structure of the dialogue is set up like a poem. It's yeah. like got stanzas and stuff like that. I'm sure it's Deadwood. There's like a program where they've written it in a way that it's it's like form it's formed out like a poem or like a traditional way of like a specific way of writing. I and think that's it's... why all the critics loved it because they were like, "Oh, this is so clever." But it's just this. Gruesome, I mean, that might have been brutal. It's just like Bru- just swearing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. There was no rhyming going on. If no, no, it's not. It's not like that poetry. But like in terms of like the way it was all structured, like in you know, like the syllables and the way that, yeah. how many words each character says or something like that. I don't know. I may have completely made that up. I probably have. Um, anyway, anyway, Ian McShane, yeah, he's great. So, of like when you watch normal things and then you watch a film like this. It takes you a minute to settle in. It takes you a few minutes to settle in somehow. It certainly it does for me, possibly. But um, uh, <laughs> the idea that he's trying to earn money for his dad who's dying just so he can beat him up again. His stepdad, sorry. Yeah, oh, it's That's... brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, before you die, Frank, I need to kick your ass. And he's like, well, it wouldn't mean anything now because I'm obviously terminally ill. He went... <laughs> Right, well, I'm going to raise the money to fix your heart, and then I'm going to beat you to death. <laughs> I, I mean, the, how do you pitch this in a in a meeting? How do you pitch this? Like, is that I right there? Is the whole film? crux right? You'll know for it a really fact is. whether you're going to like this. <laughs> so this moron who has no credentials to be a stuntman whatsoever <laughs> basically wants his. Stepfather's respect by beating him to a pole, but he can't because he's terminally ill. So he's going to raise 
money for an operation to heal his stepfather so he can then batter him <laughs> when he's at full strength. But the, like, honestly, lines like that, I feel like they're the ones that are getting missed by people who are saying it's not very funny because that is a very funny line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you better so I can beat you <laughs> and that's like a constant joke throughout the whole thing isn't it it, it is, just, it is, just can't yeah. wait to, to, to fight he won't but be that smiling f- when I murder him <laughs> but, <laughs> but that like first fight is really funny <laughs> he's trying to he goes he gets those sticks out and he goes like he goes oh my god what are those and he's like ah oh, these are Rhodesian fighting sticks ah oh, Rhodesian of course <laughs> <laughs> and then as he's like saying it, he smacks him over the head. Uh, I mean, it's, it's good stuff. So it just funny. gets the job done. And like, what I like about it most is that Sissy Spacek doesn't even acknowledge that they're scrapping all the time. Oh no, I love it at the end. She's just like, you know, when they're scrapping. Should we break right? them up? Oh no, no. <laughs> oh, they're fine. They're fine. They do this uh, all the so, time. Like after one of these moments where you know it's revealed that obviously he's terminally ill and they have they badmouth each other again, we we have this just sublime moment in the woods where he goes to his quiet place. Yeah, <laughs> when his they basically uh, drafted in either Tony Scott or Adrian Lyne to direct the scene. For the, uh, <laughs> the right. lighting is incredible, isn't it? I, I know. So what in our in our group chat we were like, this is shot on the forest moon of Endor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so I'm a massive fan of Footloose. Um always loved that film. And um but the hilarity of certain elements of that film are not lost on me at all. So the idea that when he's fed up and he needs to go you know, this is Kevin Bacon's character, uh, Ren, in that film, because he lives in a town where dancing is banned and he can't, you know <laughs> can't just you know, it's the Huge most eighties movie thing in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. He goes to a massive warehouse that has conveniently placed apparatus <laughs> that, that allow him to do flips, and he's he's really for a high school kid. He's really adept at doing fifteen foot flips off stuff <laughs> and landing on his feet, like and Rod smoking Kimball. and drinking at the same time in a white vest. <laughs> and the music, so it's it's never is the song. Is it the same song from Footloose in the? In this wood bit. I, I, honestly, it's the same. It, everything, so it's the same song. It is the same. Song. Um, uh, to the point that I think, to a point, it could be a shot-for-shot shot remake. It really could, because the moment where the music swells like "You Got to Fly," <laughs> and there's there's like <laughs> repeated say of of a flip, like you know, just the editing is out of hand. Incredible. Have you? Hang on, have you? Neither of you guys seen Footloose? Oh, I no, have. Yeah, I love I'm Footloose. Not, I, know. I know of Footloose, but I haven't. I haven't seen it. So I knew it. Just, I knew it was a. It was a. Just a, it was a watch the warehouse that. scene. Just watch because it, it's it's this, but this is what this is, and it's an unbelievable pastiche on this. And I think it's one of the best pastiches in movies I've seen of a, you know, like lovingly giving. A nod to something that was totally absurd. <laughs> the whiskey and the sea. It's like the only moment he smokes in it as well. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> it's got a no, stick. it's the same in it's the same in Footloose. Then, like, then, you know you gotta run <laughs> <laughs> Smoking away. It's absolutely He's just brilliant. doing all these insane flips and he's just uh, you, you you briefly touched on it, Rob. One of the things I noticed about this is how funny the editing is. The way they oh, use the so music good. and there's a lot of like 
cut like sudden cuts where it just goes from you know the music just stops dead and it cuts to another scene and it's just a joke and it's a really yeah. good joke that happens a lot in it and it's just cut really well and this is why the whole filmmaking is poor is absolute bollocks criticism it's just it not really true is at bad all. that it's just not yeah. true at all i mean this scene alone is <laughs> lit so well and shot so well and then obviously at the end of the the pastiche thing, it just turns into this obscene Mac and me fall down a hill. <laughs> it's no, it, 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 like 47 I... seconds it takes for him to fall down. Oh, it's so in an good. 87 minute movie, oh, a minute is just of him falling down a hill. Like... No, but just it's the it's the cut, so there's the needle drop, obviously, of the song, and then there's the needle lift when he goes, oh, God, I'm gonna have to be profane again, aren't I? But, um, you know. <laughs> as his leg hits the lock and he flips down the uh, and, and and it's in silence and for a film about a stuntman who's not really a stuntman the stunts in this film are amazing they really <laughs> they're are they're all they? absolutely incredible yeah so there was a poor stuntman who is flipping ragdolling down this hill <laughs> over and over and over through woods through trees through all sorts <laughs> Bouncing off rocks, so it's well unbelievably done, bad. It's so good, but I, this was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, right up there, not I, much will. Yeah, while not we're much is sort get of it. discussing as well, like the quality of the filmmaking. So the cinematographer on this film is a gentleman called Andrew Dunn, who has won not one, not two, not three, not four, but five Baftas, including <laughs> best cinematography for the Madness of King George. Now, four of, four of them granted are TV BAFTAs for Best Cameraman or whatever. But he's one of, he's a BAFTA-winning cinematographer. Yeah. Wow. It's that, just, I mean... Wow. I, I, I have no... Yeah, no problems with the way this film... It's just... It's a really... I was saying, it's a really well-made movie and it looks great. And that was obviously the scene where it was like, come on, show us how you won these awards. <laughs> Please. Can you do like Tony Scott shafts of light through trees? Yeah, of course I can. Yeah. Yes, I can. That's where you, that's where you, twenty million of your twenty-five million budget is going to go on this this one scene. Um, uh, sorry, I've just seen Joma Tacombe is forty-six. Yeah, he's, older. he's actually older than Andy Samberg, even though he plays what, his younger what, what, sibling in this. How? How are they doing this? <laughs> How the them, them two nearly under... 50, they just do not look it at all. No, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. Absolutely amazing. Uh, so, yes, the plot sort of develops from there. He's going to raise twenty-five, sorry, $50,000 yeah. uh, for what the... Oh, sorry, I know we're diving it, but with comedy films, it's so hard to yeah, keep... Yeah, we the... don't just want to repeat the jokes because we can't do them. No, and it's, well as... it's so hard to do the, like, the, just repeat the narrative as well because obviously yeah. there's only a handful of narrative beats in this. So um, <laughs> there is a <laughs> unbelievable character at the end because he's going to do this jump uh, for uh, to raise $50,000 and it's going to be sponsored by um, an AM radio station <laughs> who the main host is just unbelievable. Chris Parnell. Uh, Chris Parnell, yes. Yeah. So, you know, Rod is trying to earn a, <laughs> earn an amount of money for a conveniently priced surgery. <laughs> 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 and, 
<laughs> it's just funny, like, but again, a, a really low key joke that, that it's going to be broadcast on AM radio. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> like it's... they're not live streaming it. It's not on normal radio. A just AM radio. <laughs> the, the gag, the gag on the TV. Like we would have bought you the footage, but I'm afraid rights are with AM radio. <laughs> Some AM radio station. Um, um, he obviously during this period he meets Denise, who is Isla Fisher, yeah. um, who again is is brilliant in this, and she's like her comedic chops. We know are brilliant, but she's just yeah, she's yeah. super in it um, as well. Um, and I think they make a, <laughs> a sweet enough pair. But she's going out with Ace and the whole Will on it. Joe Blue <laughs> like a oh, mattress. So he's so good. Babe, 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 no, babe, babe. Honestly, he's got the rarest co- comic timing in that it's um, so good. I just, honestly, I think he's one of the great comic actors ever. What's Will on it? He is. I do. That, he that, is. One of my favourite ever like gif things is that bit from Arrested Development where he's doing his magic. <laughs> and he's got the knife in his mouth and he's just with his cards and he's dancing around. Uh, he he is he is too too funny. And then like when he when they're in the uh when he does that double date with him because he's trying to make Denise jealous and he just asks the girl out at the um in the burger place who Dave is madly in love with and he, he's like he just goes, Oh, I I'm now raging with jealousy over here now after he asks that girl <laughs> And then he sees his mate in the crowd and he's like um he's like Sullivan, is that Sullivan? Is that Sullivan you choked? I need to punch you in the dick <laughs> <laughs> Great to hear the word choked in chode. In, in the movie. <laughs> uh. Uh, uh, yeah, it's too funny. Uh, but, uh, but it's all it, it licks along really quickly. Obviously, eighty-five minutes. It's gonna. Yeah. Um, but it it it's very funny, and and like the the narrative direction and strands are off trodden, aren't they? You know, like the redemption arc of yeah, a guy with a skill, you know, or he's doing a job and he loses confidence in that job, but now he's got a reason to build confidence in that job, and yeah, he's going to do it, and he does do it. Mm. With the yeah. help of his friends. Yeah. With the help and of his friends. There's a moment where he loses faith and doesn't want to do it anymore, and he falls out with his faith. It's, it's all, you know. I mean, when he goes, simple. when he gives up on his dreams, and he just goes, <laughs> goes to being a regular dude, and it's just like a denim shirt with a terrible tie, like, <laughs> and his hair is, combed. Is that the bit where he goes? <laughs> I, I used to be legit, too legit, too legit to quit. <laughs> but now I am unlegit, and now I must quit. The, the, right, the, that's an example of the dialogue just being so so good. Uh, it, it's like and nodding, <laughs> nodding to the audience that will get it. You know, like and he's doing like care. the hand the hand gestures as he's <laughs> yeah. Like no, no, this isn't directed at like this is why. What's the point in some stuffy critic from somewhere reviewing this? It's not aimed at them at all. Well, they're not uh, going to know MC Hammer lyrics, are they? That's, no, that's it's not. It's not for them so to. You no, know, and for them to say this is bad filmmaking, that's atrocious. We've discussed that it's atrocious. Yeah. But like these jokes are landing with me watching it. Watching it, you know, today and yesterday, <laughs> everything was landing, and I was crying and hurting. Absolutely. You know, 
So it's quite interesting. Uh, there's a quote here that I've got from Sandberg about the sort of performance. So Amber, uh, Sandberg aimed for a performance that was bad, but you know it's bad. There's a lot said about how this is the nerdy generation and it's internet driven. The comedy that's influenced me has always been that. From the Three Stooges through Steve Martin in The Jerk and Ace Ventura and Chris Farley and Billy Madison... They were village idiots. That's definitely the tradition we're trying to follow here. So it's exactly in that sort of wheelhouse of comedy. Billy Madison a nod. Exactly. Oh, he's a huge Sandler guy. They all are on SNL. They all love Sandler. So that's superb. What he's doing is entirely intentional, and he has thought about it. He's not just some goofball who's turned up on the set and just started to act like an arse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's. But. Exactly. But, but like they made, I thought they made like, so I kept thinking about what was the day like on set when, <laughs> when he's there, you know, and it's the morning of the jump and he's doing Tai Chi on the edge of a lake and some fisherman starts putting oil on his body. <laughs> That's got to be a roadhouse reference, surely. Yeah, he's surely. got the bandana on and he's doing Tai Chi. It's so funny. baby oil. It's just that he comes over and starts rubbing his Rubbing his body. When I, was, when I was reading the reviews of it, a lot of, like, again, a lot of the negative reviews kept saying, like, oh, the, the joke of him being a bad stuntman gets um, old really quickly. And, and and then it's like, oh, it's... They were also saying as well, like, it's just a series of sort of skits in this really threadbare narrative. But it's like, yeah, but... They 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 they're all really funny skits, and it goes yeah, on really throughout are. the whole film. Like every scene has got something that's really funny. Um, even just every moment, it cuts back to Danny McBride, and I believe it's all improvised whenever it's happening. So there's one where he's like, he's just there, like <laughs> high fiving the two of them <laughs> for ages. Danny McBride he, doing his best not to swear in everything because yeah, it's PG thirteen. He's doing that, and then he just. He just does that and then finishes and goes, and that is how it's done. <laughs> and that's it. It's, like, it's really funny. There's and also the a bit where he's talking the about wizards. <laughs> and that dream again where I had, went in the house, I had to kill ten wizards and then the wizard wives wanted to sleep with me, which is pretty weird. <laughs> and if you watch that carefully, you can see that Bill Hader is doing his best not to ruin the take. <laughs> Because is he? Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. There's the, you know, the, the moment at the end, um, right, well, well obviously, there's the riot. <laughs> oh, my God. So they start so, walking down the street so funny. Uh, on the way to Rod's Jump. And <laughs> they're, they're, like, uh, the vo- what the song is, The Voice? The Voice by yeah, John Farnham. That's it, John Farnham, yeah. What a song. But everyone starts singing it the as shot. they follow him down the street. And it devolves suddenly into a riot. <laughs> and they're all like, whoa. You know, there's, like... A, there's a brilliant shot where like they just start singing it. It's like this low, low-angle low camera on a track going across. It's like three people. You know, they're like yes. almost lined up like it's like an army advert or something. Like yeah, chests yeah, yeah. out, just going like yeah, singing the are. song. And then it's a guy so throws a bin in a window and it just kills the song and it's just this horrendous riot. And they run off and they're like, oh my God, was that us? Was that because of us? And, then, you know, and, and like, there's that like, wow, a riot, you know, it was terrible what happened back there. And Danny McBride is like, this, 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 he's holding the telly while going, yeah, these people, they just, 
people will take advantage of a situation. <laughs> it's like, the only thing you can do in that situation is get out of there and run away and nothing else and don't do anything else. And he's just holding it. But also, it's it's not just, it's like an old boxy television. You know, it's like, like a really... Hey, they were on the rage in 2007. I had one in, them, in my room at university. A VHS combi telly. Yeah. Oh, was it a VHS? Oh, so yeah. good. You forget how long ago amazing. 2007 was. There was no I flat know. screens. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's yeah, a... Right. It's a right. I just... I, I think the the hit rate. There are a few jokes that which are funny. I, you know, of course, yeah, you know, yeah. not, not every joke lands, but God, most of them do. Really, most of them really, they really do. do. Land. I can't remember many that don't land. Actually. The only one I can remember what didn't for me was when he's trying to get Denise into the group, and then he goes like, "Oh, you've got to do the initiation," and then he just pours his drink over her feet, and then that's it. it was like, ah, that was the only example I can remember. Yeah, like, no, that's I, not. I, that's I not. That's it, yeah, not yeah. that funny, but. God, it's a good hit rate for the rest of it. When yeah. Dave, Dave drops acid and he, he's just got some metal stuck in his eye and, he, and uh, Rod has to <laughs> say, that's like the, the the bit where they get back together, isn't it? Because they're all separated yeah. at that point. Yeah. And then Dave needs his help because he dropped some acid. <laughs> he got some metal in his eye. <laughs> so fucking, such a good film. Apparently a true um, story. Uh, Bill Hader's mate um, happened to Bill Hader and Bill Hader was the driver in that situation where his mate rang him up and he had to take him to the hospital because he sheathed some metal in his eye after doing some... No! Yeah, Bill, Bill Hader Sheesh. story, apparently. Uh, Jeez. The, the trivia's great on this film. And you can, you can tell a film like this is mostly going to be improv, isn't it? Like, a lot of it will be improv. Must be. Especially Must with be. these actors as well. I just think it's mad how stacked the supporting cast is. Like, and I know you, uh, yeah. you guys, you probably... You haven't watched Barry or um, or the Righteous Gemstones, which are both shows that are run by Bill Hader and Danny McBride, respectively. But the but the like the filmmaking chops put into these yeah. comedies that are like that are so um, cinematic as well. Like those two guys have like got real cinematic chops, and they're just like the two doofuses in. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I did start to watch Barry. And is it still on knocking around on Now TV? Because I need to pick that back up again. Because it yeah, it's just finished now. It's it. four seasons, and some some yeah. of the action that Bill Hader directs in that, like I don't think he's going to be a comedy actor moving forward. I don't think he's got any interest in doing that. I think he wants to be a filmmaker, mm. like and make like horror and action films and things like that with a comedy bent to them that he yeah. might put himself in, but. Yeah, I always love watching him on screen because he's just such a naturally funny guy. And the same with Danny McBride as well. Yeah, they're but they're both like great, and and it's it's kind of a interesting sort of conspiracy corner, perhaps. If you brought this film out now, with these four guys having the careers they've now got. Mm. Would it be seen more favourably by critics? Because at the time they wouldn't really have known who they were outside of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and they wouldn't have they wouldn't have earned their stripes to be like, oh, these guys are great. Let's you know, I I love these guys. I'll I'll laugh at anything they do. But at the time they they didn't have that, so that's why they're just like, oh, you know, this is because I'm sure when Jim Carrey first came out, everyone was, I can guarantee, like. Pet, Pet, Ace Ventura's got terrible reviews. 
or Happy Gilmore had terrible reviews when it came out. And yeah. then all these years later, you see what careers they've had and you're like, well, they were the films that made these people. And when you watch them back, they're like really genuinely funny movies. Absolutely, um, yeah. So I wonder if that is the case of, of Hot Rod. And it is unfortunate that Sandberg isn't as big as like a, uh, as a, as a Sandler or a Rogan and you know bill hader and daniel bride have arguably surpassed him now as well um but yeah it's just interesting to see whether it would be treated differently if it came out now seeing I tell you one thing, he's... it wouldn't go to cinemas it would be straight to streaming because they don't make oh, comedies yeah. they don't make absolutely. comedies for for cinemas anymore <laughs> well, like you said, that's what happened with Palm Springs, wasn't it? Like that went down really well. Everyone loved that. It, yeah, it, it went. It was really well. Well, but, yeah, no theatrical. And, I mean, obviously, the pandemic had something to do with that. But yeah, of course, of course. But it wouldn't have done well at the box office. Not, not a chance because nobody goes to watch comedies anymore at the cinema. I'm trying to think of the last like really big studio comedy that did really well that wasn't sort of folded into being part of a superhero film or a thriller or an action comedy. And honestly, I think you've got to go back to like Bridesmaids or something like that, which is like 10 years ago. Well, well, that recent one with Jennifer Lawrence, that didn't do too well, did it? I don't think. No. Which apparently is really good. Yeah. Um, But that's the first comedy I can remember uh, having a theatrical release. Yeah, and it's probably only got a theatrical release because it's got an Academy Award winning yeah, super and it's a, it's like a actress and big comeback <laughs> as well, isn't it for yeah. her as well? I think what was that one with Bill Hader in with um, that comedian Amy Schumer? Amy Schumer. That was yeah, a that's good one. that's good. That's an Apatow one. So that's Tra- right. is that train train wreck? Is that one? Yeah, I don't yeah, think that's it was really a huge good. hit. Yeah, but it was good, and like Hader was really good as like a sort of a ro- nerdy romantic lead. Yeah. In that, which was which was very enjoyable. I do like that one. That's good. I also love that Seth Rogen one with Charlie's Theron in it. I think that's really good. Yes, that was really good as well. Again, didn't do very well, but like Seth Rogen is like like branched out now. He's like, oh, I'll do the Fablemans with Steven Spielberg, or I'll yeah. be in the Steve Jobs movie with Danny Boyle. Like he's sort of like add more string added more strings to his bow yeah. like the pure comedies like Steve Carell for instance when the last time he actually made a comedy yeah no, it's now very he's a true. serious actor but i i think it's like i think comedy's one of the hardest things to pull off it is to yeah. Be honest. yeah i definitely. think if you're a good comedian i think it i i think it's really underrated how i feel it's a lot more difficult for a comedian to go in uh, sorry a uh, uh, yeah a, a dramatic actor to be a comedian is a lot yeah. more difficult than the other way around. Absolutely. I think if you can do comedy, you can do dramatic acting. Of course you can. Yeah. But I think the other way around, I'm not sure that is the case. And that's where you get like people like, even like wrestlers, like John Cena coming out, and he's brilliant comedy yeah. actor, like really good comedy actor. And the same with Batista, like great comedy actor. Now he's doing dramatic stuff, and you're like, really, really good. So it's just... Yeah, I think it, it's quite weird how comedy is seen as this sort of like stupid village idiot type yeah. thing. But it's like, no, no, it's it's, it's, it's a real skill. Yeah. It's a real hard skill to make people laugh yeah. and make people laugh consistently. And this film does that for 80 minutes of its 85-year-old <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I just I do agree with everything. I think we've managed to have a much more highbrow, interesting chat about for hot rod. Imagine like that. that for hot rod. Imagine yeah. Well, can we discuss how it's actually about a man's sort <laughs> growing up in a in a in a toxically masculine household and how he can only claim dominance by beating the crap out of his son? <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, yeah. uh, we get to it. Anyway, he does the jump. He fails it, but he gets the fifty grand anyway, and uh, <laughs> then he beats the shit out of Lovejoy. He does, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the music is absolutely sensational throughout um, and the town get behind him and it's mega all of it's mega um, but he stacks yeah. it monstrously um, And but when he's at the top of the I know this is, this probably is under a best bits bit but when he's just about to do the thing and he's like voices of the animal kingdom Barnow, you know like <laughs> fox <laughs> and the little reed house, house cat, cat. <laughs> They combine on it like that day on set again. I'm like, how do you go about this? This is what we're gonna do now. You know, like, how do you convince people? Stupid jokes like that are just just my, my uh, yeah, like, like, like spirit of a ballerina's dolphin. <laughs> so good, um, and yet yeah, they they have this uh, outstanding fight and uh, uh, at a at a family barbecue <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And he's got a ninja star. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, like, it finishes with him giving, you're a man, you know, <laughs> you're a man. And, and Sandberg turns him around and gives him, looks like, is it the, the like a punch to the heart? <laughs> it's a Tai Chi move it's that the will tai make you crap your <laughs> And the film ends on a freeze frame of Andy Sandberg celebrating. Uh, it's Ian McShane in the background crapping his pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the movie funny. finishes again with a roaring soundtrack. So what are your best bits, fellas? Oh, too many. Too, oh. too many. I mean, I think the obvious ones are sort of like, obviously the dancing in, in his quiet place yeah. and the riot are superb. But... Uh, to pick out a, a little more obscure one, so when they're meeting the uh, DJ from the AM radio show, who's, uh, <laughs> who's, and he shows them his tattoo, <laughs> which is absolutely outstanding. So, if I can... <laughs> so he's got like this terrible tattoo of a little man sort of urinating on an FM radio. <laughs> <laughs> And then another stream going out to the side, and how he said he's got some. What I like to think is that he he had sex the night before, and there's some residue left in his urine, <laughs> <laughs> which is making a second a second stream shoot off to the left onto a television. And then, oh. as you can see, and then he pans up to his chest, oh. and there's an AM radio that's absolutely. <laughs> I think some of his lines, Chris oh. Parnell's lines during that, were well, unbelievable. It's a crucial <laughs> part in these types of movies. So if you remember oh, Dodgeball, yeah. you had uh, Jason Bateman and uh, is it Andy Cole? I don't not the striker. Outstanding. <laughs> oh, Michael Cole, the the wrestler, the wrestler. Is it uh, Michael Cole? Oh, what's his name now? From uh, oh, that's going to annoy me. Let me just quickly look it up. Anyway, they have the. Um, uh, the commentators during yes. the dodgeball tournament, and them guys are brilliant, just sending out 
zingers yeah. over and over again. Like, I've seen the pyramids of Egypt. I've seen a grown man satisfy a camel. But I've never seen anything <laughs> like this before. <laughs> I love that. Because the, the bit where, like, there's a, when he kisses Denise at the end and then it goes to him and he's like, I'm not saying that kiss was hot, but if the boner police were here, I'd demand a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Cole. Gary Cole's Gary Cotton Cole. McKnight. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Chris Parnell is a, uh, comes in and just has about three scenes and is incredibly funny in all of them. Yeah, I find that hard not to agree with that being my favourite, <laughs> to be honest. Very, very good. Sai, what about your favourite bit? Very good. Uh, there is just too many. I, I do love the, um, well, his little song when he... Um, when he's about to go on his date. <laughs> he's on his Isn't it underrated that he just like drives one of those little mopeds that like the Uber Eats guys drive around? <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the what's the little song he's got? Um where it's like <laughs> when you're going on a date and you put on a shirt and you ride a bike to the day. <laughs> so uh, just, just again, just that improv stuff. But I love that the whole bit, like after his first fight scene with Frank, which is just brilliant, and he's like ultimate punch, where he goes to <laughs> kick him, and he's got ultimate punch. And, um, but then, so because he loses that fight, he has to take out the trash, and it just cuts to him to take it out the rubbish, and then he goes off screen and then just legs it back on. <laughs> tries to slam dunk the thing but just misses it completely and falls <laughs> in the bush and then he's just like nailed it <laughs> <laughs> and then from that there's another bit where he's chatting to Denise and she comes round and then um, as she's walking off he goes like you you look pretty and then she goes oh sorry what and he goes you look shitty Good night, Denise and then he runs <laughs> off like... <laughs> Oh, I, I, there's just too much, too much stuff. All the bits with Danny McBride when it cuts back to him and he's just chatting absolute nonsense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Hey, hey, shitheads! I just found this bag of fireworks in the toilet. Would you like to see me set them off? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, oh, I, I, I find it. it hard to answer this because I think the default answer will always be the quiet place in the woods because of. My love of Footloose, yeah. but just how good this pastiche was. Um, but um, I'm also going to say Cool Beans. <laughs> so we're cool. Cool Beans. 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 How do you approach this and say we need money to make this bit? How do you do that? What do, doesn't it doesn't it say on the trivia thing that they wanted to cut it out, but then uh, Sandberg went off and, and and edited it, so that's why it's got all those weird edits in. And then he was like, "No, this is really funny if you do it like this." And then he was like, "Oh yeah, that is pretty funny." And then he put it really? back. Really, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. I didn't know that. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, hot rod, FYR for your reconsideration. Uh, Say so will go last as is per our custom because you picked it, Jane. Yeah, so it's a very silly film in which an obnoxious, talentless man-child pursues a career that he is not qualified in any way for. Uh, I mean, when you put it like that, it actually pairs quite well with the King of Comedy, which we did last time. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. 
So, uh, filled with tons of gags, pratfalls, and 80s pop culture references, it's the sort of comedy that works incredibly well for the demographic it is aimed at, i.e. older millennials who have a passing understanding of who John Farnham and Europe are, so that's (laughs) us. Um, If you are older or younger than that, it probably isn't going to work quite as well but it's a great vehicle for Sandberg's brand of arrested development that made me laugh throughout plus you know 88 minutes long can't go wrong really you really can't um yeah this was uh, this had jackpot written all over it actually um i'm a sucker for a great soundtrack uh this soundtrack was i know i keep mentioning it but seriously (laughs) it's so good um i uh loved it Totally loved it. First watch, um, obviously, love Lonely Island, love Sandberg to come and uh, Schaefer. And so it was not going to be a tough one in that sense. Uh, but oftentimes, though, you never know how a comedy is going to land with you. Uh, this landed uh, in just the right way. 88 minutes as well. Outstanding. Uh, and um, I laughed all the way through. Like, no breaks. All yeah. the way through. Everything landed. It was super. Um, so if you've not seen it, and I would totally agree with what James said about us being in the right demographic. Uh, if you're between the ages of, I don't know, 33 and 45. No, let's go with 46, because 46, that's how old uh, Akiva Schaefer and Joe jo- Tacoma are. So, uh, yeah. Crazy. If you're between those ages, you will dig this. What I would add as well uh, is it's not one of those comedies that's sort of you know, when you watch comedies back from the 2000s, you go, ooh, that's that's mm. not on nowadays. There's yeah. nothing like that no, in there at all. Nothing, or I didn't yeah. notice there any... Maybe it's because it's PG-13 rather than... But even, like, Dodgeball has a couple of things like, oh, you wouldn't say that yeah. <laughs> nowadays. But the, that's why I love those guys. They don't rely on stuff like that. They don't rely on crass... Yeah, yeah. It, it's not crass humour, is it? It's all no. inclusive humour. It is. That's... Everyone's in on the joke. It's yeah. not singling out anyone. It's not taking the piss out of people. It's just everyone is in on the joke together. <laughs> as stupid as it may uh, be, Sandberg, you're right. Sandberg's like, always really the funny. biggest goofball out of all of everybody who's in there. He's whenever he's front and center, he's always the biggest idiot who's on screen. Yeah. At any Absolutely, time. yeah. No, you, you're right, and also oh, he's poking fun at himself all the time. Um, like I kept yeah. you when you were saying that, Sai, I was thinking about you know the song he did with Pink on. <laughs> Not gay, not 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 gay. <laughs> <laughs> He's poking fun at himself and you know people of that attitude all in one great big go. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, but so, what about you, Sai? I mean, where, how do you feel about uh, Hot Rod now? Ah, it's rubbish. <laughs> no, um, it's uh, it's it's obviously not the most highbrow or sophisticated comedy film going. I do think it's a lot smarter than people give it credit of. I oh, really uh, elevated do. comedy. I do think it's got some. Well, I, I, I'd, I'd seen it twice because I actually watched it a couple of weeks ago when we were supposed to, we were supposed to do the record, but something happens and we, we couldn't do it. And I forgot. I was like, oh, I need to watch it again. So I watched it again this morning, and I was like, I just noticed way more jokes and just it was even better like the second and third time round. It's one of those you can just stick on, like super bad, like you know, like Austin Powers, like Ace Ventura, like Happy Gilmore. You can just put them on whenever. And still get the same amount of laughs mm. out of it the whole time. Unlike films like Knocked Up and you know, Forty Year Old, they're about two and a half hours long. Those films, so I'm not 
really going to be clambering to watch them again. As good as they are, I just think this is this is in one of those films. But I think the the reason why this is so good is the the brilliance of it is all in the delivery of the absurd nature of it all, and it's just also spot on. A really funny, well executed comedy edit that's pulled in with some brilliant eighties synth that just works together just so well. And then, of course, you've just got this great bunch of SNL talent that um, completely clear the buses and nail the landing, um, unlike Rod Kimball. Uh, but it's, it, I just love it. I just think it's, I think it's brilliant. I, I do prefer it to Popstar. I have to admit, as much as I love Popstar, I do think this one edges it because I just think the jokes are just never ending and really. I think really it's fun. better than Popstar as well. Actually. Yeah. I do, I do think it's better than Popstar. So yeah, if you haven't seen it and you are in our, our age, please watch it. If you have seen it, watch it again. It's it's really good and it's really still holds up and it's still really funny and not offensive in any way, which is which is commendable that they they did rely on pot shots to get jokes twenty years ago or however long ago it was. Superb, another winner for us here on the podcast uh, thanks a lot fellas for discussing Hot Rod tonight uh, next time out it is me I think oh it's you it's you Rob yeah right. it's you Rob so yeah. we're going to go uh, and look read at... an erotic Bigfoot novel <laughs> <Is> that... <laughs> Diary of Bigfoot's Weenus is the next no it's not what it's called what is a weenus anyway hey I didn't sign up for this <laughs> <laughs> um we're going to do uh, one of the hardest films ever to find. Um, and I've been trying to, we've been trying to do this for ages and ages because of just how hard this film is to find. Uh, so we're going to do James Wan's Kevin Bacon vehicle, Death Sentence. Oh. Uh, yes. Next time Ooh, out. Lovely. Because I think it's, it's wildly underrated. Um, yes. And I look forward to discussing it with you chaps next time out. Um, guys uh, and gals, I have got no idea where you can watch this. <laughs> Absolutely none. I I found it in a charity shop. That's how yeah. I bought it. Uh, it's a toughie, this one. I got it off eBay. Uh, if you go to Music Magpie, they've got quite a few copies of it. So you can buy that directly from eBay or, or from directly, oh, I nice. should say, ra- uh, rather from Music Magpie. And then charity shops, CEX, those types of places will probably have a copy in stock. It'll be in there for like two quid. Yeah, superb. So Death Sentence next time out. Please join us for that one. Give us your uh, your five stars and your subscription service of choice. Uh, chat us up on the Twitters. Let's have a nice natter. Uh, cheers, boys. Thanks for everything. Lovely to see you as always. That was such a formal finish. Lovely to see you, Rob, as well. I know, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for hosting so excellently, as oh. always. I really enjoyed real... the intro this week. Thanks, it was good. Yeah, a real eight out of ten this week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Keeping it realistic. I don't want to give you a 10 out of 10. Can't give you 10 out of 10. You get two big few boots. Mildly recommended. Much like... Mildly recommendable. Pregnant Bigfoot lady sex book. Sorry, that is not a good title, is it? Is there not one called Spooge in Sasquatch? Oh, dear, dear, dear. What was it? Ravaged by my handsome Sasquatch fireman. Uh, hot cryptids with sexy jobs number one. Fucking sexy job. I just can't believe they just used a baboon's head on this. <laughs> I know. On this book sexy art. Job. I really want to get to the bit in the series where they cover the Alabama frogman. <laughs> 
Because is he a sexy cryptid? I've got no idea. <laughs> what would his job be? Alabama frogman. Government worker. <laughs> Traffic warden. Uh.